Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Moms and Murder podcast. We have myself, Mandy, and Melissa, as usual. Um, And one of us hates Halloween, but I'm just going to say happy Halloween because it's not me. So (laughs) you're listening to this on Halloween, and we have a a very perplexing case for you guys today. But first, I'm going to let Melissa talk about... um, whatever she has to talk about. So I'm not sure what that is. So we'll see what she says. <laughs> there is an introduction you don't hear every day. So happy almost November, everyone. I'm super excited about this week because I will be catching up on all the podcasts I'm behind on because I will not be listening to any Halloween specials. So for everyone who made one, not listening to it too bad. <laughs> so just a couple uh, quick announcements. We have a merchandise store. Wait, that's what? what we call it. A merch store. So we have a couple designs in there are literally two because apparently these things take creativity of right. which we are struggling with. <laughs> um, so we have one with our logo and then one that uh, says chickens and sweaters and Diet Coke and murder. And I love that I one love so it much. Too. It's so cute. So there's lots of stuff on Threadless um, that you can look at. So the website is momsandmurder.threadless.com. Um, so if you want to check that out, if you're a patron if you have a Patreon account and you're a patron at the 5 or $10 or more, currently we have to switch this out eventually, but um, you will get the friends and family discount really and you buy it for base price. 
So there's no <laughs> such thing as percentages on Threadless. So congratulations. This <laughs> for this month, at least, it'll be a really good deal for you. So um, check that out. And we recorded on Not a Boring Soup this last week. Um, it's a local Orlando podcast. Some of our friends there, Kia and Les. And we talked about Mindhunter. We talked some about Mindhunter. We mostly talked about well, ourselves. I, <laughs> ourselves. And I tried to talk as much about 90 Day Fiance as was allowed, which was like 10 minutes. So I didn't. Yeah. Them. <laughs> so um, if you want to check them out, we're going to be playing their promo at the end of the show. We'll have another promo for you as well. And we are going to get right into this really strange Halloween-ish story. She wouldn't let me do a real Halloween case, nope. guys, because she's too much of a scaredy cat. But I did convince her to let me at least talk about a case that happened <laughs> on Halloween. And so that was our compromise that, that we had to do. We're good at compromising. So, yeah. So it's not not particularly scary, but um, it did happen on Halloween. So uh, at least, <laughs> yeah, at least we're, we're keeping up with the theme of it um, a little bit. So, um, so we're going to get started right now. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the disappearance of Cindy Song. Um, this is a really cool case, I guess. I don't know. It nope, sounds don't weird to cool. say cool. <laughs> Interesting, intriguing. We just need a thesaurus with us, but yeah. like an online thesaurus. Yeah, I, I'm constantly. terrible with words. Um, <laughs> so Cindy Song was born in Seoul, South, uh, blah, 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 South Korea, sorry, um, on February 25th, 1980. When she was 15 years old, she left South Korea uh, for a life in the United States, and she actually moved in with her aunt and uncle in Virginia, and she lived there for a few years before being accepted into Penn State, where she... Uh, was going to college and majored in integrative arts. Well, I actually didn't know what integrative arts were, so I Googled it, and apparently it's, like, only a Penn State thing. So I thought that oh. was weird because I didn't know that um, there was such a thing as universities just having their own made-up degrees. Yeah. So um, hmm. I'm not really sure what you can do with that degree, but that's what she was going for. There you go. Um, so on Halloween night in 2001, Cindy and her two friends, Stacy and Lisa, all showed up to the Players Nightclub, and there was a Halloween party going on, and the girls were um, going to dress up in their costumes and go to the party together. So Cindy uh, dressed herself in a... I read on two different sources. One said that she dressed in a cute bunny costume, and the other one said it was a Playboy bunny costume. So there's... Doesn't really make a difference, but um, I just am not sure. Players Nightclub made me think more of the Playboy esque, right? It sounded, it sounded a little. Hugh well, I don't Hefner-ish. think the night. Yeah, but I don't think the nightclub was necessarily like. I I I, I don't really. Oh, know. maybe not. I mean, maybe it was just like a nightclub, and they happened to be having like a Halloween thing. So I anyway, don't know Halloween. I can't help you. It here. doesn't really matter what not she was dressed thing. as, but she was a bunny of some sort. Um, so they danced and had alcohol and just had a great night, you know, celebrating Halloween and getting in the spirit. Uh, and eventually the night turned into morning and they decided they needed to go home. So around 2 a.m., they uh, left the club and they stopped by another friend's house for a little bit, as sometimes people do when they're just not quite ready to go home after and a long young. night. And young. Yeah. Um, so around 4 a.m., they left um, the friend's house and finally decided they were actually going to go home to their respective houses. So Stacy drives uh, Cindy home and waves her goodbye. And um, Cindy was never seen or heard from again after that. So uh, that's just a quick little overview of what we're going to be discussing today. And um, yeah, so I don't know. I always think disappearance cases are really interesting. That's why I really like this one. Um, So I'll let you go ahead and get into the first details about this. Sure. 
So for days after her appearance, Cindy's friends had made attempts to contact her with no avail. On November 4th, 2001, so this is really five days, or really four days. Yeah, because it was kind of um, like middle of the night-ish, November 1st, right. you know, when she was last seen. So after, at that point, her friends hadn't spoken to her, so they decided to call, um, call 911 or call the police to file a missing persons report. Keep in mind, her family's not really here, so... Her friends are the only ones that are going to even notice that she's gone, which that's so upsetting to me. That's I agree. several days. And I you agree. have to wonder, like, what could they have found within the first few days that right. it's now gone? But then also whenever you have, of course, like your friends are, you know, they might be concerned that they don't hear from you for like a day or two or whatever. But, um, you know, I'm not going to freak out and think the worst if I don't hear from a friend, yeah. you know, for a few days. Thanks, Mandy. I'll be dead in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> well, except you. Won't you. Be worried. you know, well, you know, I send out a search party for you if I like send you a message and you don't respond within yeah, like 15 she, minutes. She I get takes really every out. social media thing to try and <laughs> track me down. I do the same though. And I can get myself real worked up real fast, but a friend minus you, yeah. um, <laughs> I wouldn't be too concerned about not hearing from for several days. Yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't seem super alarming. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, it's unfortunate though. Um, so there's several trains of thought on what actually happened to Cindy or what people think could have happened. Um, some think that she actually left on her own accord. Um, which I always have a hard time with that. Like, yeah. 20 that you're just like, and in the middle of the night, they just take off dressed as a bunny. Yeah. That's, that doesn't seem the best thought out plan. Um, and then the other one is obviously that they thought that she could have been abducted before she even got to her apartment. And then, um, the other option was that she may have left her apartment and somebody could have abducted her on the way. So I guess she had a habit of going to the convenience store by herself walking there at night. So that is not invincible. No, that is not <laughs> invincible. So that's, I feel bad for her. Obviously she felt safe enough to do that. So when the investigators actually go to Cindy's apartment, um, obviously she's nowhere to be found. And most of her personal belongings were found inside the apartment, including her cell phone, which her friends had said she would not have left without, which in this day and age, who's no one goes anywhere without phone. their phone. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the false eyelashes she had worn on Halloween night were also inside the apartment. And that confirms that she had gone back home and kind of puts more weight into um, that she probably left to go to the store and right. somebody took her on her way because there was no appearance of a struggle within the apartment. Right. Um, and her purse, her keys, and her ID were all missing from the apartment. Um, but again, there was no real apparent struggle. I didn't see if she had roommates or anything at that time. I don't think I read that she had roommates. I'm assuming she lived alone because I didn't read anything about roommates. And, of course, I would feel like the roommates would have noticed her, yeah. you know, being missing. Although I had roommates for a while, and if you like them, yeah. But if you ignore them or you don't like them, you just be like, well, I'm glad they're not here. Right. Apparently my style. <laughs> so um, police also located a diary that allegedly belonged to Cindy. And in it, she talked about her time in college and indicated that she had experimented with some marijuana and ecstasy. But there was no actual evidence that she had been using drugs the night that she went missing. Um, they had all been drinking, but her friends all said that she had been drinking, but she wasn't, like, belligerent. She was able to get herself home. Right. Uh, so as Cindy's family and friends searched for answers, they recalled that Cindy had split up with her boyfriend just about a month prior to uh, her disappearance. So they actually had speculated that possibly Cindy was really depressed and just stricken with sadness and decided to either leave or commit suicide. Um, but her friends, who really knew her, had pretty much said, like, no, she was getting over the breakup. She didn't really, 
care about it at yeah. that, like not to that level where she would take such a drastic, right. you know, measure to this, whatever to get over it. But, um, but yeah, that was something that they had considered. This um, scenario that we're talking about now reminds me a lot of, I don't know how much you've looked into the Maura Murray case. It's all over everything now. I've seen it all over the place, but I know this is another one of those things that you know about and I'm just <laughs> going to sit here and shake my head because I have <laughs> no clue. It's a total rabbit hole. But the whole idea is she gets in a wreck and then um, there's like what happens. So she gets in a wreck. People see that she's gotten in a wreck. The police come, she's not there. So did she walk in the woods and succumb to the elements because it was freezing outside? Did somebody pick her up and kill her? Did she kill herself, take pills, and then go off into the night and die because she had broken up with her boyfriend? Same kind of idea where people are like, well, we can't really come up with a motive and nothing else makes sense. There's no struggle here, anything like that. So when we were first looking at this, I was thinking, oh, that actually... It it's, seems enough like it that it just was interesting to me. So if you haven't gone down that rabbit hole, Oxygen has a whole series on it. I recommend I'm gonna it. I'm going to have really to. Good. I'm going to have to look yeah. it up. Um, so shortly after Cindy's disappearance, a woman from Philadelphia, which, by the way, is 200 miles from where Cindy was last seen, so that's not really that close. Yeah. Um, this woman contacted the authorities, and she claimed that she had seen a woman matching Cindy's description and um, that she was in the passenger seat of a car in the Chinatown district. So this witness alleged that Cindy had called to her for help, but that a man that was in the driver uh, seat of the car, uh, who she said had olive complexion and medium length hair, had interrupted her and told her to leave. So she did. So um, that's just kind of like a weird thing, because how many times do you see someone that just Matt like kind of might look like a person? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I mean, I guess I'm just not observant enough out in my day to day life that I would notice Someone, yeah, but if somebody was screaming for help, you'd be like, you know, what? I should write down the tag number, or of at this least car. Yeah, call the police. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you just left? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? He told me to leave, so I did. Okay, well, no, granted, I'm going to leave. I'm going to say yes, sir, yes, sir, and run out of there. But I'm going to take down every bit of information I possibly can. I will narc on them so right. fast. Exactly. Um, so as it turned out, though, that tip uh, may have just been fabricated completely. That enrages me. Me too. Enrages me. too. Me. And just why? I guess for attention. Like, you just want your... Yeah, your... but what does that do? Like, okay, if your information led to an arrest, then great, you're a hero. But, but if not... Right. You just wasted everyone's time and you look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that witness changed her story several times and police were really not able to substantiate any of what she said. So that may or may not have been Cindy. It yeah. may or may not have even happened. I And that's like the biggest tip they had. Yeah. Yep. That was their like only lead at that point, really. Right. They were kind of hoping that that would, you know... And they're still looking for someone who matches the description of the man and the car that the lady says right. that they were in. So, you know, well, I don't know if they still still are, but they were for a right. while. They continued looking for um, somebody to question. I saw the um, sketch of the person and it looked very generic too. Honestly, right. it didn't look like anybody specific. So Right. Uh, So authorities followed up on a number of leads in the case, and they even considered the idea that Cindy's disappearance may have been connected to um, some deaths that were in uh, Minnesota, and they... There was four young people, and they were all college age, and they had all um, gone missing after attending a party, just like Cindy had, and it was around the same time of year, around Halloween time. So they possibly were thinking maybe they had, like, a serial killer or, a you know, some kind of 
thing on their hands where right. they had a killer with a, a motive, an MO, I right, guess. Right. Um, why are you laughing? No, because you said some kind of a killer. Okay. Serial of a killer is some of a kind. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess serial killer is the word. Yeah, yeah, it I was. was. You, you got it. You got it the first time. Yay. Um, but despite the similarities in those cases, they are not thought to be connected, even though I'm sure they really tried as hard as they could to put them put them together in some yeah. way um, just to get, get answers. But um, eventually authorities uncovered another lead. And on July 5th, 2003, it brought them to uncovering the shallow graves of two bodies on a property that belonged to a man named Hugo Marcus Selensky. So this guy, I can't wait to get into because there's a lot of information about him. And he is just one of those career criminals yeah. um, that just has, I don't even know, with all the crimes he's committed, I don't know how he could even... I mean, you wouldn't even need to sentence this guy to life because he basically no. already is with all the stuff that he I know. has been charged and, and, you know, sentenced for. So right. uh, his main thing is bank robbery, though. He was he's known for doing two pretty sizable bank heists right. in his criminal career, criminal if you career, will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when we started looking into the Cindy Song case, of course, it's interesting being Halloween no, almost November 1st, all of those kind of things. But really, like, to me, when we got into the Selinsky guy, I was like, what is happening? This yeah. is <laughs> crazy. So follow us, if you will, to this basically related slash unrelated, but mostly related yeah. story <laughs> of Hugo Selinsky, who was a guy once nominated or he he received a superlative at high school and you I know love, how we feel yeah, about I superlatives. love superlatives <laughs> but this one seemed accurate he was most likely to get detention in high school so oh I believe that seems right like permanent detention is yeah. really <laughs> what they're going for um so as Mandy said that he had uh he had been arrested several times or a couple times for armed robbery and um like pretty serious things this is where I have a hard time with like people going to jail for smaller amounts of times, because I don't feel like he went to jail for very long for these things, for what he was doing. It was like nine years, I think, for the right. first one. Um, so while he's in prison, he meets and befriends this guy named Michael Weekly, who was serving time for building pipe, bom pipe bombs. So like real salt of the earth people. So glad they met. Right. <laughs> Lifelong <laughs> friendship, all of that stuff. So Selinsky is released first, but they remain in contact. So like Mandy said, his Selinsky's big MO really was robbery. I think from what I was reading, this guy really wanted money and power. And that was just, he was going to do whatever he could to get those things. That was like all he cared about. Um, so whenever he re whenever he was released from prison, he heard about the legal trouble of a pharmacist named Michael Kurkowski. Uh, Michael Kurkowski owned a place called The Medicine Shop in Wyoming County. And what he was actually in trouble for, what the police... Uh, had arrested him for at one point was for filling out pain pills or giving pain pills out without prescriptions. So he was selling this. He was making hundreds of thousands of so dollars. So he's like a drug dealer using his he's pharmacist, like, yes. you know, background as cover. Use what you got. That's right. what I say. <laughs> so anyway, so he was doing that. So, um, Zelensky, and sorry, there are very complicated names. It's hard yeah. for me to <laughs> keep this going on a normal week, but, um, Zelensky hears about him being, uh, arrested and charged and realized this guy's got a lot of money. Like he's hiding money from the police. He's made all this money. Like maybe I can help him out. So he actually befriends Kurkowski. I don't really understand how that friendship began, but he basically was saying, I can help you with some legal stuff. Um, Selinsky actually seems like a very smart person. 
Um, but he was talking to the pharmacist, Krakowski, and saying, I'll help you. I've been in prison. Which, don't take advice for somebody that's been in prison. Like, they know how to get to prison. Right. They don't know how to keep <laughs> out of prison. So, so anyway, he was telling him he would help him with that and maybe helping him sell stuff. And Krakowski was pretty desperate, so he started paying him tens of thousands of dollars to help. He never really gets this help from him. Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. So by the time that Michael Weekly is being released, I'm sorry, Paul Weekly is being released, Zelensky's like, you know what we're going to do? A friend from prison who's only built <laughs> pipe bombs. We're going to kill this guy, and we're going to take all this money that's in his house because he's got tens of thousands of dollars. Great plan. Yeah, so um, <laughs> please follow this, guys, because you might have to take notes because... <laughs> This has been the most complicated sentences I've ever strung together. So Kurkowski is actually charged with um, filling prescriptions, filling, oh my gosh, what am I trying to say? I don't know. With pain pills, with giving pain pills. Right. Yeah. With without a prescription. pain pills without a prescription. Yes. So while he's awaiting sentencing, that's whenever um, Zelensky and Weekly get together and decide... We're going to kill him for his money. We're going to make it look like he decided to run away. He didn't want to go to prison. So, like, while they're waiting for his sentencing, which also takes some kind of a brain to come up with this plan. That sounds terrible, but you know what I mean? Right. Like, he thought it out. Like, nobody will think I killed him. They'll think he didn't want to go to prison. So when the men arrived to Kurkowski's house, they did not realize Kurkowski's girlfriend, Tammy Fassett, was going to be there. And Tammy's outside working in the garden. So according to Paul Weekly's testimony, he takes... Tammy into the house, ties her up and says, Hey, we're just robbing him. You know, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Which I don't know if you're not covering your face and stuff. Yeah. That seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't trust you. And because gonna... Solinsky and Krakowski were friends. Yeah. Yeah. So they knew each other. So I don't, 
I mean, I don't know if she necessarily knew him. I know that his parents actually knew, hey, Selinsky's helping me. So if he ever needs anything from you, he's good, good for them, money, good for anything. So it was kind of like Selinsky had gotten into his life enough. So she very well may have known who he was, but maybe not known who Paul Weekly was. But Paul Weekly was actually worried that during this, um, police would figure out who did it really quickly because they did have an association that they they did know each other. Right. So anyway, they tell they tell her, you know, hang tight, we'll be back. <laughs> they, yeah, isn't that a stressful situation? So um, according to Paul Weekly's testimony, they went downstairs and Kurkowski was tied up and Solinsky starts hitting him in the head with a rolling pin, which doesn't seem like a great time. So they're hitting him in the head and saying, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? And this doesn't seem very like thought out or planned for. Right. I mean, like, like you, they took it off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. They took it I off have, the wall. I have a really big beef with criminals, not even bringing their own tools when they're going to commit a crime. I like, know. They, they're just going to use what they find there. Like, I know. <laughs> that, everything's a weapon apparently. So he ends up telling them, where $60,000 is. So they find out where the money is. In cash? Yeah, yeah, in his house. Well, because figure this whole thing is like underground. He's making all this money on That's the true. side. Um, drug dealer, Mandy. That's Hello? true. I know, I know. I'm just, I don't, I'm <laughs> I not well-versed in that lifestyle. I can't even find $6 <laughs> in cash, so. Yeah, yeah, seriously, I'm lucky if I can find a quarter. <laughs> I know. For Aldi, that's all you need is seriously. a stinking quarter, and it's a problem. <laughs> so anyway, um, so they ended up um, killing him after that. They um, suffocated him. And I guess kept beating him. So they decide to take the bodies and go bury them on Solinsky's body. Oh, wait, because they killed him and then decided. I'm sorry, then they go and kill her. <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, there's a lot going on here. But yeah, they then they went upstairs and they did kill her, which all of this is so sad. But it seems like she had zero to do with it. She was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. For That's sure. the worst. That yeah. is like the worst, I think. Yeah. I mean, she was like gardening and stuff. That's right. Yeah, I mean, gardening people are just good people. And I, I saw the photos of Kurkowski, and, and they all really looked just like your average, you know, middle class kind of looking yeah. people. I mean, they looked very... You would not know all of this was no. going on behind the scenes No, 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 at no, no, all. no, definitely not. For sure. So after they've killed Facet, they decide to go and bury her, as we were talking about earlier, on Solinsky's property. So they get away with, Weekly gets about $40,000 and Solinsky got $20,000, which is actually an interesting part of this case that will come up later, why Weekly got so much more than Solinsky did. Okay. So um, I know we kind of seem like we're off track here from Cindy's song going missing, but just Stick with us, and I promise it'll all come full circle eventually. Um, you wanted Halloween. This is as Halloween yeah. as we got, so we had to make up for it. There's not a lot going on there, Yes. So. Um, so on June 5th, 2003, is when the two bodies, uh, there was two bodies found in shallow graves on the property where Selensky lived with his girlfriend. Uh, and this is in Kingston Township. Um so Selensky, who was 29 at the time, was then arrested and charged uh, with robbery, and he also had some related charges that came from an incident back in the fall of 2002 where he had allegedly robbed Kurkowski's parents. So this is after he has killed Kurkowski, right. and of course the parents don't know that their son is dead. They think he's on the run. They think he's on the run. Exactly. Because he already was, as we said, in shady business dealings and doling out pills to right. 
drug addicts who want narcotics. So that's what he was doing. So they assumed that he was just on the run and they didn't realize that Zelensky had actually already killed him. Right. So um, Zelensky was trying to get more money out of Krakowski's parents and actually was telling them that um, Krakowski had said that they needed to trust Zelensky and that they should just give him the money and everything was going to be He's helping him get the money to him. Right. And we're talking... Thousands of dollars. I don't even know. I would never just hand over like that kind of money without like being 125% sure about yeah. what, where it was going or who it was going to. I certainly wouldn't be trusting like my son's friend being like, yeah, just- your son's friend is my daughter. Yeah. I hope you would trust that. <laughs> Well, she's very trustworthy. I hope she would never come up to me asking for $40,000 because <laughs> I don't know. I don't trust that girl. <laughs> yeah, that would be, I don't know what would happen, but I, I would probably fall on the floor with, um, like disbelief. I would just laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in, so anyway, back on track, as I said, in 2002, um, Zelensky robbed Kurkowski's parents and basically got a hundred thousand yeah. dollars out of them during this whole thing, which is just so much money. I just don't even know who has that kind of money that they can just give out, you know? Yeah. I think they were holding some of it for him was part of it. And so as Solinsky is saying, I need to get this money to your son to keep him in hiding. He, they have this money, so they're thinking, True. you know, I can get it, True. get it from him. So, so finally, when his parents had not really heard from Krakowski in a really long time, they started worrying about his general safety and well-being, and wondered, Good call. yeah, wondered if he was even alive. So they asked Zelensky uh, to ask their son who his prom date was. And that would be there if, you know, he was able to get an answer, then they would be like, okay, so he really is alive and this this is all legitimate. And, you know, we're just doing what we need to do to keep him safe and undercover or whatever. Again, illegal. This is all illegal. Right. Go ahead. (laughs) I guess the parents are just don't care. I mean, I don't know. I I can't imagine. That's the whole thing is I can't, but I can't also can't imagine being in this situation where you just love your kids. So right. You want to say you'd make the right decisions. And it's not murder. But it, course, is dealing, <laughs> but it is dealing drugs. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's bad decisions. It's, it's bad decisions. <laughs> All around bad decisions. Uh, I say that in my house a lot. This was a bad decision. <laughs> so when Zelensky could not get an answer on the prom date question, then uh, Krakowski's parents knew at that point that he either wasn't in contact with their son or that their son was dead and, yeah. you know, that he may have known something about it. So, um, so Zelensky robbed his parents and actually shot at his dad's head during the robbery. Right. And missed. Yeah. I don't, I think he was just doing it to scare him. Basically. It was. Please don't point a gun at me and no, 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 just no. to scare me because Say it, boo, it, it I will, will work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need all that. <laughs> So on October 10th, 2003, this is several months now after he's arrested and brought in on these robbery charges. Right. Um, he actually escapes from maximum security prison. Because, of course, <laughs> the guy who's voted most likely to go to detention <laughs> would escape from prison. Maximum security. So yeah. this is not like your little holding cell at the... Mayberry. In the, right. That's <laughs> yeah. always my reference. This is, no, this is like real, you know, many fences of barbed wire and, you know... This is locked up. This is locked this up. This so yes, locked up. You cannot get out of this place. Well, you what? can, apparently. That's not true, Manny. You're not supposed to be able yeah. to. Um, so he actually did the old 
old fashioned, let me tie my bed sheets together and make a braid or whatever and just climb down it. So he was on the seventh floor of this prison and used bed sheets to, um, I guess, hang over the window and and climb his way down to safety. All of Rapunzel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rapunzel and Mother Gothel. There you go. Yeah. So then after he got down to the bottom using his bed sheets, he used a mattress, which I guess, I don't maybe he like mattress jacked somebody else from the prison because I don't know where the mattress came from. Yeah. But he used a mattress to, I guess, prop up and um, climb the razor wire, you know, the barbed wire right. fence that was there and somehow managed to just completely escape and completely unseen by prison guards or anyone. This guy has some kind of luck, honestly. I mean, he's... <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so, Selensky's cellmate, who was escaping or trying to escape with him, actually fell and became paralyzed during the attempt at escaping. And um, so, that's not lucky. Poor guy. No. <laughs> well, Mandy, he's trying to escape from prison and he was probably there for a good reason. So, I mean, I feel like if I was... In, for others. I'm surprised more people don't try to escape from prison because it sounds terrible. It, <laughs> if there's one thing you should learn from our show, it's that we think prison sounds terrible. terrible. Depends on the day, Mandy. Some days I would go lock myself up. Well, that time when I found out that there's no AC or anything in prison, I guess oh. I, I just thought there would be. I don't know why. I yeah. just assumed that they would at least have basic. Like, yeah. <laughs> we are very much first worlders. That yeah, we, say, we are. <laughs> we say AC is basic. Well, in the... <laughs> I'm just thinking about like prisons in like Arizona where it's yeah. like super, super hot and these people are living in cells yeah. that are probably heating up to like, I mean, who knows how Honestly, hot. that's got to be making them angrier. I would think that a little AC could calm things down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you would think. Um, so the uh, cellmate who was trying to escape with him was sentenced to between eight years and 17 years for uh, the escape charges. And that's. That's, that's his luck. That's his luck. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not Selensky's luck. So after Selensky escaped from prison, he went right back to his own home, which I think is very idiotic because why would you? Obviously, that's the first place they're going to go looking right. for you if you escape from prison. Don't go back to any place you've ever been before right. because they're going to check for you there. Yeah. So, um, so I thought that was kind of funny that he was dumb enough to just go straight back to his home, and then um, police picked him up there just three days later. Yeah. So still, that took a little while. I mean, yeah. But apparently his aunt and her 17-year-old son were charged with hindering apprehension for hiding them in their home. So I think he went there and then went to his aunt's or something. Like, she she helped hide him. Which, why get yourself involved in right. this? Like, right. this is not a I don't dude. care who you are. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, Especially house aunt? a runaway. Like, a no. prison break situation. A 17-year-old got in trouble for this, too. I mean, you're ruining lives all around. Right. This guy ruined some lives. So many lives. And took so many lives. Well, then also, but, but like you said, like, the, come on. The aunt is smart enough to know. Like, this is a bad seed. Leave him right. alone. And, like, I have my son here, so let's not have this person who literally just broke out of maximum security prison yeah. come and, like, stay in the basement. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> but, you know, you never know what she could have been manipulated with either or if he had weapons or anything you know right we're just getting this part of the story it could be he held her at gunpoint and said you're gonna do this or i'm gonna kill both of you right never know right so after they um did finally catch up with him and get him back into custody he was taken to the state correctional institution at dallas and placed in a restricted housing unit so i'm guessing it's even more more secure (laughs) than maximum security you would think maximum security (laughs) would would be be maximum the most security (laughs) right who knew restricted housing was above that? Yeah. So. 
Restricted housing sounds like a vacation compared yeah. to maximum security. <laughs> I know. Where, how, where do I sign? I bet they have AC there. So during this time, the police actually had found four identifiable bodies on Selinsky's property. And, um, of course, two of them were belonged to Kurkowski and the girlfriend. And then there was two other bodies that they could identify. And then they did find some, I guess, remains that were burned very badly. And so um, initially they reported that they thought there may be as many as 12 bodies on his property. But then a few years later it came out that no, um, it was probably only like five. I mean, they don't, I guess they don't really know. They said Um, that they were burned so badly that some of them were almost dust. Like they couldn't tell what Mm. belonged to who. That's terrible. Yeah. And that's one theory that Cindy Song's body could have been right among these right so that's where we kind of get into um how is he tied to <laughs> here we go and we're, we're here, yeah, we're, here. <laughs> we're, we're gonna start getting into that we now. did it yeah <laughs> we made it um, so um so Selensky is on trial at this point for the murder of two of the people that he that were found on his property right um and this is on March 15th, 2006. So after three days of deliberations, the jury cleared him of all the charges in the deaths of the first two people, Frank James and Addie Kyler, um, except for he had two counts of abuse of a corpse, which right. I don't understand how you're not guilty of murder, but you're guilty of abuse of a corpse. So the idea with this is it's Selinsky and it's Weekly, right? Right. Which one of them did it? The The state could not prove that Selinsky did it. They could say that he moved the body, that he burned the bones, but they could not say that he actually did it. And they came out later and said, had they put a conspiracy to commit murder charge on that, that would have stuck um, if they hadn't gone after first degree murder. But similar to like Casey Anthony and some know, of our other ones. what is it with prosecution going after like charges that they can't either can't prove, can't prove or, yeah. you know, I mean. But there is some kind of like media sensation behind it. I Maybe that's the way I see it. Like Casey Anthony, remember when that was going on? If they would have said they were going after second degree murder, people would have rioted in the streets because right. everyone was convinced she did it. And then afterwards you realize, well, if they had gone after something different, they could have proven that. Right. So I wonder if this, because apparently this was a pretty big deal there. I had never heard of this case, but it seemed like it was a pretty big deal. So by not simply adding the conspiracy charge, it, he was released on all of those, except for abuse of a corpse, as you said. So on the same day that he was acquitted of these first two murders, he was arrested again and charged with the murder of Krakowski and Krakowski's girlfriend, Tammy. So I don't even know. I can't even comprehend this. So he's like in court, all happy. And yeah. they're like, you're acquitted of murder. And he's yeah. like, yay. And then they're like, just kidding. Turn around. For JK, arrest. turn around. You're going back to jail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the way, we have another matter to yeah. take care of here. So anyway, so yeah, that must not have, I mean, that must have been like the highest and lowest day of his life. Yeah. Good. He, he needs a low day. <laughs> yeah. So after, um, 11 hours of deliberation in that uh, murder trial, he was convicted and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So Weekly avoided um, a possible death sentence by testifying against Zelensky. Right. Which I just think is, I, I don't even know what I think it is when, you know, you have these criminal buddies of yours that yeah. eventually turn on you and will like... Snitches get stitches. Yeah, <laughs> they will sell you out yeah. so that they can avoid, I mean, they death yeah the death penalty so i can understand why he would be willing to do that but um he did basically say on the stand like i have nothing to lose by saying that like i'm really not gaining anything by saying all this stuff but i mean he did get the death death penalty off of off of him by saying it so 
in these cases, it's always interesting, like who, you, you're never going to know the real truth. When those two were involved, he made it sound like Zelensky killed those two, Kurkowski and his girlfriend. Right. When it really could have been him that killed him. He's the one that ended up with more money, if you remember. He ended up with 40000 and Zelensky ended up with 20000 How did they come up with that number? To right. me, it would be Why like, you did more, you get this, and I'll take this or something. Because it was Zelensky's idea. That doesn't make sense to me. Right. No, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, it doesn't really doesn't really go together um so paul weekly was actually apparently they believe that Zelensky had asked another prisoner yes. to try and like they were like plotting to try and kill weekly and of course because he didn't you know Zelensky didn't want weekly getting on the stand testifying against him because he knew it would be like the you know smoking gun yeah so to speak for um for him so i guess he tried to plot to have him killed well <laughs> so that didn't work obviously and um so he did get caught for that and but it didn't matter because like he's already in jail yeah. forever i know but i just love this guy's like i don't know i don't love anything about this guy but he's just like bold enough to be like you know what breaking out of here you know what killing that guy right just, yeah. like <laughs> i want his money i'm gonna kill him that just but it makes I me don't wonder if he actually had a hand in actual murder or if he's just one of those types that just likes Can to convince somebody to do exactly, it exactly exactly because i mean th so far we haven't come up with anything that proves that he actually committed murder yeah you know just that he had all these people in his life that yeah they were never able i mean on on him they were able to prove it based on testimony and stuff but back to cindy's song According to Selinsky, at one point, he confessed to police that he and Michael Krakowski, the pharmacist, had kidnapped Cindy Song after mistaking her for a sex worker on the night that she went missing. So he claims they found her, they thought she was a sex worker, they kidnapped her, they imprisoned her in a large safe until she dies, and then they buried her somewhere in Luzerne County, Pennsylvania. So, so this I'm, is what they... <laughs> They confessed, or he yeah, confessed. Yeah, he confesses to this. And then he said all of this himself in his own words, that he did um, kill Cindy Song. Yeah. And then um, the her body wasn't found on his property. Her body though. wasn't found on the property. So that's where people are like, did he, or did he not? Or they did were, he just take credit for that? Or, you know, is that even true? So He was never read his Miranda rights um, before this confession. Oh, well, that's So lovely. it was all thrown out. <laughs> they really, they had no body. They had him saying this initially, and then him taking it back. So they have nothing to go on mm, so mm, there's mm. nothing they could really do with nobody and now they can't even use this confession in court please read the miranda rights right please 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 that's a Too rookie many mistake yeah <laughs> we're professionals here read them so um like we said detectives were unable to corroborate his story and he had already killed michael Kurkowski at this time so he could they couldn't ask Kurkowski, hey were you in on this murder thing whatever um and then he actually said that he murdered Kurkowski. it was alleged that he murdered Kurkowski, or in his confession he said this because he took Kurkowski took cindy's bunny ears from her costume and, kept and like them. kept them as yeah as a trophy i guess so right. he killed her so so that's what he says yeah not because he wanted to rob him for money right he says that he killed him because yeah. he kept the souvenir from their right. crime that they committed uh, and like okay, big deal and again you're just telling everybody that you're murdering people just right. willy-nilly right <laughs> exactly um so but he had another friend Zelensky had another friend that said he had bragged about the cindy song case that he had killed her so we're back to cindy song we really right. brought it around <laughs> and so but like you said without any evidence to prove that you did or didn't do that mm -hmm. um 
I mean, I don't know how, like we said, it doesn't matter because this creep is in prison anyway for murdering other people. Hopefully he doesn't get out again. Jeez Louise, I know. I hope not. But, um, you know, I just, for Cindy's fam, for the sake of Cindy's family, like I wish they could find like proof of it just so that they can say, you know, that is what happened. Because I know if it was me, even if you have some crazy person that says, you know, people make false confessions all the time or they lie about things, especially like people who are already in prison. They're like, what do I, like, who cares? I'll just, Well, they get in the air conditioned court. I'd probably do it too. I didn't even think about that. They get like a meal. They can wear a suit. Yeah. There yeah. has to be something to that to get out. I mean, it, it really is crazy. But, um, you know, you just think about, I just think of her family. And like, I feel like if it was me or even if it was just a friend of mine, I really wouldn't be so convinced unless there was some kind of proof that they had to tie this person to it. Or if they, you know, I would always feel like potentially maybe she's still out there somewhere, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like that's got to be the hardest part about cases where someone just disappears and then they never find any trace of them again. Like nobody know anything. Um, yeah, I just can't imagine just the, just not having the closure, like, you know, that comes along with something like that. I, um, one really great podcast in the dark, um, Kelly from our group told me about it. It follows the case of Jacob Wetterling. He was a kid in Minnesota who went missing. And then literally just a couple years ago, there was a confession in that case. But they talked to the parents before they got any answers. And then after, and they asked them, do you have closure now that you know what happened? And they said, no, we'll never have closure. Like we have these details and that helps, but there's no such thing as closure, which I found interesting because I would think the same thing. Like, okay, you can close that part of your book. You're still going to remember all of it and deal with all those emotions. But they were just kind of like, "Mm -mm, that's not a thing we even deal with. Now, in some ways it was worse for them because then they knew what happened and they didn't have that hope that somehow he got away and was living this life of a seven-year-old would have lived. I don't know. But um, yeah, so anyway, if you haven't listened to that podcast, it's a really, really good one. Yeah. So other interesting things about Selinsky. Uh, in 2009, he was convicted in a violent home invasion case. And during that crime, he made away with almost $50,000 in jewelry and had bound the homeowner with handcuffs, duct tape, plastic ties, and held him at gunpoint and all this and that. Very similar to Kurkowski. Very similar. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, oh my gosh, how much money did this guy right? steal from people? Like we're talking, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars, it seems like, that he just robbed from people yeah. or from banks or whatever. I'm like, I just... I, I know. How do you spend it all so fast? Yeah. <laughs> like, how come you need to rob I people lived off of that over and over life. again? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, so something else that was interesting that I found is that the investigators said that they found a key hanging by the fireplace in Selensky's home. This was back in 2003 when they first discovered the bodies in the yard. Um, and the key actually turned out to be to the Luzerne County jail how 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 do you get a key and so this is the same prison that he escaped from yeah but he had had a key to this prison long before his escape so i mean i just and of course he didn't even use the key in the escape but it just makes you wonder was he thinking like like, second round i'm gonna like if i get out i'm gonna put it in my pocket (laughs) or maybe he had gotten a key as like a preemptive like if i ever go to jail i'll just take this with me and leave yeah (laughs) it doesn't make any sense and how did he get it i know i'm pretty sure you can't just go anywhere and be like (laughs) like, can we make a copy of this key key. no good try yeah i don't know so that makes me think that he knew somebody in the prison yeah and so that's where my oh, like conspiracy yeah, yeah 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 so that makes me think that his escape you know yeah may have been you know just, who wasn't in on it you know someone turned their yeah other way a lot of people turn the other way right yeah he got the aunt to work with him he got all kinds of people to work with him if this is true he had his cellmate work with him he got that guy weekly in on it i mean he had a he got Kurkowski to work with him and convince him he was going to help him with his legal 
dealings. So this guy had some kind of manipulation abilities. So I'm going to have to find the mug shots or like the shots of this guy over like 10 years. There are so many photos of him and he looks different in every last one of them. It's he, the weirdest thing. He's like a chameleon. He is weird looking. I think. <laughs> I actually thought he was a little attractive maybe. You in like certain, No, in certain pictures I was like, but you know, like if he was obviously like a, a terribly scary looking person I don't think he could have pulled all this off but he had enough of like a nice guy look in certain pictures I saw well yeah I could see if he was dressed up in a suit and everything that you would think he was just a nice clean cut looking guy right. but then of course after you know everything you know about him then you look at him and you're like no you look like a crazy yeah, person yeah then you're like well I, I get this <laughs> yeah yeah but um but no I did I saw um a few different uh you know clips of him being escorted around the jail or in you know just different things and he was a, appeared on the news and all kinds of stuff but um i thought there was interesting that he at one point he was interviewed by a news station and basically said that he um didn't commit the crimes like that he knew he was innocent and he like had a heart was going to have a hard time accepting the um you know the fact that he was sentenced to life right. in prison for murder and he is maintaining that he is innocent and didn't have anything to do with murdering people. Yeah. Which just strikes me as odd because he conv he confessed to yeah. he or supposedly he yeah. said that he had something to do with Cindy's song. So why wouldn't you just admit it and be like, Yep, okay, we killed people. Like, I know. You know, but it's weird that he would try and like say it's that. It's gotta he be didn't. a pride thing or, you know, I don't know. I we can't get into their minds. We're not mind hunter, Mandy. No, we're not. No. <laughs> we're definitely not. <laughs> not even close. So that is the story of Cindy Song and also several other people, including Hugo. How do I say his last name again? Why can't I remember his name? Zelensky. Zelensky. Thank you. There's been too many. Yeah. So, yeah. So, sorry. This kind of went on a weird train. We started off, I was really interested in the disappearance of Cindy Song, but then when we realized that this other person was connected possibly to it. Um, it kind of turned into its the own thing. Selensky show. This is what happens when we don't go like straight for a scary Halloween episode. It just ends up into whatever this right. is. So, so I take the blame for this. Yes, you should. You should take the blame for this. I was trying to search so hard to find a Halloween related case that I would be able to convince Melissa to let me talk about. And um, this is what we came up with. So I don't mind if you talk about it. I just can't be here for that. So if you just push the record button yourself, you'll be good. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to do that. There you for go. For all of our listeners who are weird like me and like all the... 99% of you. I guarantee. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> just me hanging out by myself. So that is the story of Cindy Song and Hugo Solinsky. Um, And we have... Our promos we're going to play for you guys, but just a reminder, you can catch us on Not a Boring Soup this week. It's the episode on Mine Hunters, Mine Hunter, and we did a fairly terrible job of explaining what our thoughts were yeah. on there. <laughs> we had fun doing it. And um, check out our Patreon account if you'd like to, patreon.com slash moms and murder podcast. Um, and if you give it the 5 or $10 a month um, level, then you 
have access to the great code that we are giving you to get uh, things in the merch store. Yay. For, like, yeah, and check out price. the merch store. I cannot wait to go and buy some things off the merch yeah. store. Well, we've already had people buy it, and we haven't even done that. So yeah, we're... I know. I know. It's the craziest thing. As soon as we put it up, people were like, I just ordered my shirt. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> How do you so internet so weird? fast? I know. I know. So, yeah, no, we um, really appreciate everybody buying things and um, supporting us that way. It really means a lot to us. So, yeah, if you get something, send us a picture. We want to see what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, definitely. We definitely want to see everybody in their moms and murder gear. Although, we may have to make some changes and add the word podcast to the right? logo I'm shirt because people are going to be like, what is this crazy? Walk on the other side of the street. Yeah. Let's <laughs> don't talk to that person. So, um, we'll be back to I'm Invincible Wins next week and we're going to play for you the promo for Gone Cold and that covers Texas cases um, where there are missing persons or cold cases really. They started off with the Carla Walker case which is a really interesting case and I think that went five or six episodes and now they're doing other cold cases in the state of Texas. So it's not Florida which I appreciate but they do a really really great job. Uh, Vincent over there does an amazing job and then our other promo is for our friends with Not a Boring Soup. And you can check them out and listen to our episode with them and watch us embarrass ourselves thoroughly. And yeah. And or listen to us. Don't watch us. And maybe, Please don't watch maybe us. learn a little bit about us that you didn't know. Maybe. Yeah. We did learn that if you're on other people's shows, you can't edit. So right. yeah, we did not like um, so much not having the benefit of being able to edit ourselves and things that we say before it hits the, yeah, before it hits iTunes. So yeah, when we got there, they're like, we're just going to talk. They actually just started it. Right. We didn't, we didn't even know. know. Yeah. It's a genius way to do it. So you're not like on, but yeah, we didn't even realize it was recording. And then they said, you know, yeah, we don't even edit. We'll just add the stuff at the beginning and add it at the end. So the whole time Mandy and I, I'm like, if I'm looking at her kind of like, if you get in a hole, I'll get you out. If I get in a hole, you get me out. And then sometimes we just couldn't help each other. So (laughs) it's a very interesting listen. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, So have a great week. We'll be back next week, more than likely. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Take care. Bye. On February 17th, 1974, in Fort Worth, Texas. 17-year-old Carla Walker was abducted while making out with her boyfriend in the front seat of his car. Carla's brutalized body was found three days later in a cattle culvert near Benbrook Lake. No one has ever been held accountable for Carla's murder. The Gone Cold podcast is seeking justice for Carla Walker, as well as other victims of unsolved crimes and missing persons in the state of Texas. You can subscribe to Gone Cold Podcast, Texas True Crime, at iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Well, my name's Kia. My name's Les. We can do a little podcast. And it's sure to impress. We talk about movies. And shows on TV. Overrated is what we say about originality. Well, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And a Squarespace website, notaboringsoup.cam. Check out new episodes of Not A Boring Soup every Friday, y'all. Soup sucks, but our podcast doesn't. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. 
please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.